sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats, hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time as we recap the NFL. That's on a little uh, college football and uh, some NBA notes uh, as well from this past weekend. Celtics making a big signing as uh, they uh, recoup uh, Jason Tatum as uh, a number of uh, rookies from the 2018 class ended up getting uh, monster deals this weekend. Of course, we had the draft from last week uh, and a couple of college football notes as well, but mostly NFL on Mondays. Pretty good game later on tonight, Monday Night Football. You got uh, the L.A. Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, both uh, with uh, six and three records. So this is a big game. It's a two-game swing because obviously come playoff time, if it ends up you know, coming down to those two for a wild card spot, the uh, winner uh, would have the uh, you know advantage here. So not only would they be gaining a game in the standings, but then again, they'd be holding the head-to-head tiebreaker scenarios. And at this point, you know, that's big because I, I don't know if the Rams will, will catch uh, Seattle, maybe. I don't know if uh, Tampa Bay will catch New Orleans, maybe, but right now they're both wild card teams. So good game. You know, we've had a halfway decent Monday night schedule this year, to tell you the truth. You know, you can't say that always, you know, Thursday night generally, eh, you know, su- it's funny. Sunday night has been worse than Monday night. You know, nine times out of 10, it's usually the other way around. The four letter network gets the short end of the stick with the Monday night games. But the Monday night games, you know, are, have generally been pretty good this year. Whereas the uh, Sunday night games, you know, last night, if Kansas City and the Raiders is an A game for them, then, you know, uh, uh, that that kind of reflects what a Sunday night schedule has been this year. Not awful, you know, not atrocious. And anytime you can get Tom Brady or anytime you can get Pat Mahomes, you know, you generally you jump on that. So you got the one, but I, I don't know if Raiders, Chiefs are really bringing a whole lot to the table. Personally, <clears throat> I'd rather watch Rams and, and Buccaneers than I would Chiefs and, and uh, Raiders. But, you know, at le- least the Raiders are fighting for a playoff spot, so it's not bad. But we've had Philadelphia uh, in there. We've had Chicago in there. So it hasn't been that bad of a Monday night to, or uh, Sunday night schedule, but the, the, the Monday nights have been very good this year. No, they really have. So bagels and bad beats. We'll break down the NFLs we like to do next. Right here on a Monday morning with Scott Wetzel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. All 
Friday, Vegas and Bad Beats on this Monday morning. One of my favorite segments of the week coming up as we run down every single NFL game and I give you a little nugget that you normally wouldn't see elsewhere. At least I try to anyway. We'll start with Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. I'm just going to go in order in which they were on my TV set. Uh, Steelers improved to 10-0. 18 team to start a season 10-0 as they knock off Jacksonville 27-3. Really a ho-hum game. They were trailing 3-0 early in the second. Took them a little while to get going, but uh, for the most part, this game was never really in doubt. Uh, ben, Big Ben throws for 267, two touchdowns. Uh, Jake Luton, any any Cinderella story with good old Jake, uh, throw that out the window. Four interceptions, no touchdown passes, obviously, as Jacksonville only got three points. Chris Boswell did miss his first field goal for the Steelers of the season. But other than that, Minka Fitzpatrick, another interception. Man, I don't know if FanDuel has props on whether a particular player will have an interception or fumble recovery. But if they do, you should play Minka Fitzpatrick. This guy is phenomenal. His nose for the football. And he gets a lot of, like, deflected passes in the air. You know, as a safety, you got free reign of the rover linebacker safety type of position he plays. He, he has that luxury. Uh, and he's he's great at it. You know, out of all the Dolphin trades, and listen, you, you know, knock on wood, you're not going to win them all. Uh, but we, uh, you know, stole uh, draft choices blind from uh, Bill O'Brien and the Houston Texans with the trades we made with him. But, you know, the one trade looking back on, boy, how great would that Dolphin defense be if they kept this guy in line? You know, if, if they just appeased him and said, all right, you don't have to play linebacker. They were trying to move him from safety to linebacker. He wanted no part of that. I understand that fully. If they could have had him in the back end of that secondary boy, you know, I'd much, much, you know, I'll take the draft choices we got from the Texans and you're not going to win every trade, but you know, looking back that trade with Pittsburgh, uh, getting a first rounder for Fitzpatrick is not working out well because this guy is turning into one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Uh, Pittsburgh wins it again, 27, three, they're 10 and Oh, take on Baltimore Thanksgiving night. Now, not a bad Thanksgiving day schedule, you know, First couple of games stink, but it's worth it in the end because we got Pittsburgh and Baltimore in the end. And Baltimore's not the same Baltimore, but still, you know, knock on wood, Dolphin fans, one of two real bullets we have. Maybe three now that Indianapolis is halfway decent, although I don't think they are. But, uh, you know, you got three decent teams on Pittsburgh's schedule, uh, and Baltimore is one of them. Hopefully we get a hand to the Steelers a loss so Pittsburgh does not go undefeated. Carolina blanks Detroit 20 to nothing. Uh, Panthers improved to 4-7. and seven. Lions fall to 4-6. and six. Lions gained just 185 yards total offense. They crossed into Carolina territory only twice, only one time inside the 30-yard line. I mean, you just talk about an inept offensive performance. Uh, they were sacked five times. They, they met P.J. Walker seemed like he was, uh, you know, Steve Young. Coming from the XFL, thrown for 258 yards in a touchdown. The epitome of the Lions' day, as I told you last hour, final couple of minutes, they're going to get the football back one more time, trailing 20 to nothing. They jump off sides not once but twice on a punt attempt from Carolina. Carolina keeps the football. They run out the final two minutes, ball game over. I mean, I, I mean that's it. You, you jump off sides once, okay. You jump off sides twice. They wanted no business. They, they wanted no part of this football game from start to finish for Detroit, which had they have won, they would have been tied for the final playoff spot in the NFC. I mean, that's how crazy. That, that's like the icing on the cake as far as their ineptitude. I mean, they're actually playing for something. They're, they're not a 2-8 and eight football team. They're playing for a chance to move into a playoff spot, and they get shut out by a god-awful Carolina football team playing with a backup quarterback and no Christian McCaffrey. Oh, just brutal. If you're Matt Patricia, I, I don't know how you look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a decent head coach. Just, just, if he doesn't get fired, then nobody will. 
Houston knocks off New England 27-20. You know, the Patriots' first possession, touchdown, first time, get a load of this. You want to know something bad about how bad the Patriots' season has been at 4-6 and six now? First time all season, 10 games it took them to score an offensive touchdown in the first quarter. I mean, you talk about what has been a staple with Tom Brady and that Patriots offense, right? Scoring first, scoring first, scoring first. First time in 10 games, the Patriots scored offensive touchdown in the first quarter. Wow. And then and that was an 84-yard drive, so it was no fluke. Basically, after that, offense did nothing. And it just, you know, Cam Newton, you know, he only ran a couple of times, so he tried to throw the football, but he can't. He doesn't have weapons to throw to. They couldn't run the football, you know, gain less than 100 yards rushing. That's just a bad New England football team. You know, just how they beat Baltimore last week, I, I don't know. But they fall to four and six. I told you they're still on pace for that six and ten preseason prediction I gave them. And, uh, you know, the, the, you lose to Houston. Uh, again, you know, kind of like the Detroit. You know, you, you win against Houston, you're five and five, and you, you're kind of back in the thick of things there in the AFC, right? And you lose to a two-win Houston Texans team. Wow, uh, Texans end up uh, improving to three and seven. They now play at Detroit. That's your early game Thanksgiving Day. Three and seven, Houston at four and six, Detroit. Ugh, this Thanksgiving stuff with Detroit having to play on Thanksgiving Day that that that's got to go. That that just has to go because Detroit is never going to be any good. Tennessee knocks off Baltimore thirty twenty four in overtime. As uh, my guy Derek Henry, I have him on my fantasy team. Ran 29 yards for the winning touchdown to, to cap it off. 133-yard uh, day, uh, one, touchdown, uh, one touchdown, the one in overtime. How about Des Bryant getting four receptions for, for less than 40 yards, but still, you know, helped out the, the Baltimore cause there a little bit. Baltimore actually won the coin toss in overtime, three and out. Gave the football right to Tennessee, which ended up scoring late in the game to take a lead, only to have Baltimore. Good job by uh, Lamar Jackson to march down the field. But they could not score the touchdown. That's the key. They could only kick the field goal. They go to overtime instead of winning it in regulation. They do get the football first, but three and out. Tennessee marches right down the field. That the so-called vaunted Ravens defense is not anywhere close to being healthy and not anywhere close to being a legitimate Super Bowl caliber defense. They lose, fall to six and four. Tennessee improves to seven and three. Uh, in, in a game in which they really didn't play well. I, I mean, Baltimore was leading the entire way. They led by double digits in the fourth quarter, and they blew a 10-point fourth-quarter lead. I mean, or a double-digit to fourth-quarter lead. He just, uh, boy, that, that is a bad loss for Baltimore, which is now lost two in a row. And it's a real good win for Tennessee, bouncing back from the loss last week uh, against the Indianapolis Colts at home on uh, Thursday night. So a uh, nice job by Tennessee in a game that they really didn't play particularly well. Cleveland knocks off Philadelphia 22-17. Brownies improved to 7-3. Eagles uh, fall to 3-6-1. The remaining schedule is brutal. Seattle, Green Bay, Saints, yet still they hold a half-game lead in the NFC least despite the loss. Carson Wentz just brutal. Um, You know, an opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to win that football game or at least, you know, put some points on the board for Philadelphia. Uh, and they couldn't do it. You know, one of their scores was set up on a short field by defense. Otherwise, they scored 10 points the whole way. Um, you know, it, it was pouring third straight game for the Browns in Cleveland in which the weather has been atrocious. But still, you know, listen, that's not an excuse. This is the NFL. You got to get the job done. You know, there wasn't, you know, uh, 50 mile an hour wins. It was raining. It was not a difficult, uh, you know, not an easy rather situation. It was difficult, but it's the NFL. You, you got to you can't use that as an excuse. They tried an onside kick by drop kicking the football, but um, they didn't recover. Otherwise, 
maybe they would have done something. But the uh, 22-17, as uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, did well. I tell you, one thing about Baker Mayfield, I know when Baker Mayfield's going to complete a pass, and that's not a good thing. Baker Mayfield only throws the football when his wide receiver is wide open. Like if, if there's different angles that cameras use. Uh, they show you on TV. When he drops back to pass and scrambles out of the pocket, which is darn near every single pass play, I knew when he was going to complete a pass because that meant the wide receiver was wide, wide open. And that's the problem with Baker Mayfield. He, if his wide receivers are covered, he's not, you know, sneaking it in there. He just his his wide receivers have to be wide open. But I'm telling you, every single time. He ran out of the pocket. I could tell. Now, there were a couple times he was just throwing a ball away. But I could tell when he has a wide open wide receiver. And, again, that's not a good sign because you're just not going to live in the NFL having to throw to wide open wide receivers. You're going to have to throw to wide receivers who are not wide open every once in a while. And you're going to have to complete those passes. He doesn't, and he doesn't. He doesn't throw to those guys because he knows he can't complete them. And that's why the Browns will never be any good. At 7-3, and three, they, they are the most maligned and, and overrated and over whatever you want to say, 7-3 and three football team. They are not. You know, they are what they are, as the saying goes. But are they really a 7-3 and three football team? Like, they're really great Super Bowl caliber? No, they're, they're, they're not good at all. All right, more coming up. Vegas the Bad Beats on a Monday morning with Scott Webster. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On this Monday morning, here's truly Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Poll question is out. Who's winning? Uh, who's going to the Super Bowl from the NFC? A little popcorn radio here with our poll questions as we like it. We don't like it for radio, but we like it for the uh, poll questions. Uh, right now, the proverbial other leading the way at 32% with Tampa Bay getting some of the vote. Giants getting some of the votes. Uh, New Orleans getting 30% of the vote. Seattle getting 19. Green Bay getting 19. Oddly enough, 18.9 for both. You know, here's something uh, for Giant fans and Dallas Cowgirl fans, Washington Redskins fans, and even Eagle fans, for, for that matter. Here, here's something to ponder that my daughter Ash brought up. And it didn't dawn on me. Like, you know what? You're right. Giants, Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins. Someone's winning the NFC East, right? You're going to get home field advantage in the first round because that's how it's set up. Division winners get home field. From that point on, you don't, but you you get home field advantage. Chances are you're losing that game. I mean, I don't think you're going to beat the, whether it's New Orleans or Tampa Bay uh, or the Rams or Seattle. You know, you're going to be facing a real good football team as the last team in you face the toughest wild cards team. So, you know, you're up against it. So here's the question for NFC East fans. You make the playoffs. You're not drafting record-wise. You're drafting outside of the bad teams, meaning that 14 teams make the playoffs this year, right? They added a one in each conference. 
So let's just say you lose in the first round as expected. Well, you may be 5-11. and 11, And instead of drafting 5-11 and 11, top five, you're drafting at 5-11 and 11 because you made the playoffs uh, 19th. So if you go 32 teams minus the 14 playoff teams, you'd be the worst playoff team. So you'd be drafting after all those other teams that may have six, seven, eight, in some cases, nine in the AFC wins. You're not drafting like your record indicates. You're drafting as a playoff team. You get to the back of the pack. So if you are the Giants and if you, you know, Dallas, I don't know, just because the goofy Cowboy fan thinks he's he has a great football team. But I don't think an Eagle fan thinks he's got a Super Bowl caliber team. I don't think a Giant thinks he's got a Giant fan thinks he's got a Super Bowl caliber team. And I don't think a Redskin fan thinks he has a Super Bowl caliber team. So ask yourself, fans of those teams, do you want to make the playoffs, lose in the first round and draft 19th? Or do you want to not make the playoffs, head into the offseason at, we'll say, 5-11, and 11, maybe 4-12, and 12, and draft in the top five? You don't generally consider that in the NFL. You think about that all the time in the NBA. Like, do, we, do we want to be the number eight seed and get blasted by, you know, LeBron and the Lakers or whoever, you know? No, we might as well just, you know what, not make the playoffs. Uh, so you don't get, generally get that in the NFL, but this is one of those cases. Do you want to be top five drafting or do you want to be drafting 19th but make the playoffs? But chances are, even at a home game, you're not winning. Because without fans in the stands, you don't have that home field real, real crowd. And after playing on the road all season long, these teams are used to playing in empty stadiums. And, and any home field advantage you think that that NFC East team may have, it's so small. It really is. I tell you, you can make the case. You really can make the case that, you know what? I'd love to make the playoffs, especially in you know, the case of the Giants, because they have a young quarterback. The experience could help them. But if you're the Eagles, you know, if you're Washington with Alex Smith, do you really want to make the playoffs and get whacked in the first round and forfeit, you know, a good 10 or so places draft-wise? I don't know. I, I wouldn't think so, to tell you the truth. All right, back continuing with our football games. Uh, New Orleans with Taysom Hill knocks off Atlanta 24-9. Saints improved to 8-2, and seven straight win uh, with number seven. Taysom Hill uh, at quarterback. He ran for two touchdowns, threw for 233. Uh, rushed for 51 yards as well. I, I mean, that was Taysom Hill. That's what the New Orleans Saints thought they were getting. That's why they gave him a two-year, $20-plus million contract. It's why he ended up starting yesterday over Jameis Winston, uh, despite a report saying that some of the same players, and I don't doubt that, you know, wanted Winston to, to, to start, but it is what it is. Took him a little while to get going, uh, but once he did, you know, you, you got the best of Hill yesterday. That, that That's really as good as can be expected, rushing for two scores and uh, throwing for 233 and, uh, you know, rushing for 51 as well. You got the best of both worlds. One thing that Taysom Hill has over Kyler Murray and Tua Tags and some of the other scrambling quarterbacks, he's a big guy. You know, he he's kind of like Josh Allen in Buffalo. Maybe he can take the punishment of running a little bit. Eventually, though, they're going to hit him and he's going to get hurt. But at this point, looks like it's going to be his show. Surprised we didn't see Winston at all yesterday. I thought we would see some of him. I wasn't even sure that Hill was going to start, to tell you the truth. The way they put phony information out there, you know, wouldn't have shocked me at all if they would have leaked the story that Taysom Hill was starting, had the Falcons prepare for Hill, and then have Jameis Winston be the starter. And, and then Sean Payton saying, I, I never told you Hill was playing, you know. 
Uh, I, I wouldn't have doubted that at all. But it was Hill, and he went the whole game. No, no Winston yesterday. Saints had eight sacks, eight on Matt Ryan. Wow. That is just brutal. Um, Alex Kamara went to catchless. No receptions for the first time in his career, if that means anything uh, for you. Uh, Falcons crossed midfield one time in the second half. One time with about five minutes left when the game was no longer in doubt. Uh, that Falcon offense was just awful. Matt Ryan is done. I, I mean, I, I know they're locked in financially for one more year with him, but he he's missing w- wide receivers left and right. He, he's just not any good anymore. He, he just isn't. You know, he had his day in the sun, went to the Super Bowl. He'll be in the Hall of Fame because he has the numbers. But in reality, he's not a very good quarterback. He just isn't. So uh, Atlanta gets walloped uh, yesterday, 24-9. Saints win it. That line dropped all the way down to three and a half. There was a lot of people on Atlanta. Not my guys. I told them to take the Saints because the drop down from Breeze to Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, I didn't think was that significant. I really didn't. And the Falcons aren't a good football team. Washington knocks off Cincinnati. You know the story, 20-9. to nine. Uh, Bengals lie down like dead dogs after uh, Joe Burrow got hurt. Out, out for the rest of the season, no doubt. Uh, maybe torn ACL, MCL. Nasty-looking injury. He was hit from the side. You know, legs go forward, backwards. Well, this went sideways. Not not good. And it went it went, went like a, you know, 45-degree angle. Man, that must have hurt. Just, just the thought of that. Oh, my goodness. How he didn't break his leg in half, I don't know. But these things are just torn ACLs uh, because the knee isn't technically attached, I suppose, to your, your thigh bone. It's all done by ligaments and everything else. And uh, that, that got blown out. So I posed the question. Listen, and I think it's a fair question. You know, you blow out your ACL, MCL, he's going to be out at least a year. Chances are he might not even be able to play next season. I don't know what the Bungles would do. You know, if they finish with a top one or two draft choice, like they're in a position to do, you know, maybe not one with the Jets, but, you know, if the Jaguars win a couple of games here, you know, the Bungles, you know, could be in the number two spot. They could draft fields if they wanted to. They could move on from Burrow. They could move on from Zach Taylor. Listen, he's got four wins in two years, and he's done nothing with this football team this year after getting just two wins last year. You want to give him an excuse last year? Okay, what about this year? So, and they've been a little competitive, but everyone's been competitive. Hell, the Jets and Winless have been competitive the last couple of weeks. So maybe maybe the Bungles just say, Let, let's just turn the page on it all. You know, is this guy going to be able to come back from MCL, ACL injuries? Don't know. I mean, you would think so in today's day, but you never know. A.J. Green gets his first touchdown reception in two years. How about that? Randy Bullock is missing field goals like, uh, you know, Carter has flies here. I, I mean, just missing field goals, missing extra point. He was just brutal. Ryan Finley came in at quarterback. He was beyond brutal. And the Bungles laid down like dogs because they were leading 9-7. And I'm telling you, they would have won that football game. And then, you know, I hate to root for anyone's injury there. I wouldn't want that. But having the Redskins in my survivor pool wasn't the worst thing to, to have uh, Ryan Finley in there at quarterback because Washington scored three times in the second half after the injury to uh, to Burrow after scoring just seven, and that was early in the game. They, they did basically nothing for two quarters. Burrow goes down, and that was the end of the Cincinnati Bungles. Defense gave up. Offense was atrocious, and uh, Washington improves to three and seven. Again, just a half a game back. Half a game back of Philadelphia in the crazy uh, NFC East. So, uh, and, and then Spiro Dinas and company, boy, I mean, they acted like uh, Joe Burrow died. I, I mean, CBS for not showing the replay. that That's weak. I mean, you barely could see it, but you, if you go to YouTube, you can see it. He was hit from the side. It went sideways. It is, it is what it is. You know, it's the NFL. 
These guys get their bell rung all the time. The monster hits all the time. Injuries that happen all the time. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, his leg wasn't falling off, for goodness sakes. And we just got hit to the side and we got bent sideways. For CBS to, to not show it. And, and, and then for Spiro, who generally is as vanilla as vanilla can be, to be active based. I thought he was going to cry, for goodness sakes. I thought his, his color commentator was going to hand him a, a tissue because he was going to start crying on the air. My goodness, take it easy. It's football. It is what it is. You know, it's shocking. It's disappointing. It's sad. It's the number one overall pick. I, I told you, I think this guy is going to be great, but, you know, injuries occur. It is, you know, stop it already. Chargers knock off the Jets 34-28. You know, the Jets actually, I told you, this, this was my upset special last week. I thought the Jets were going to win, and they were in a position to win. Joe Flacco just killed them, right? They're leading 6 nothing. I know it's early on, but they're leading 6 nothing, and and Flacco throws a pick six, you know, to give the Chargers the, the lead. Chargers end up going up by three scores, and then here come the Jets in the second half. They score three touchdowns. I mean, that's a season's allotment after being down 24-6, and then they get the football again, final minutes, and they're driving to maybe tie the game because at that point they're down eight, and the Chargers took a late safety. And uh, it's it's third down, or it's fourth down, rather, at the Chargers' 32-yard line, and he throws a bomb into the end zone. Ugh, what kind of dopey play call is that get the first down stop trying to throw a touchdown pass. i mean there was plenty of time left oh that was an awful call just an absolutely awful call chargers take over like i said last second safety and they win it by 6 34 28 otherwise the jets may have gotten their first bit chargers get their third all right we'll finish up coming up SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. On a Monday morning, running down the NFL with your Sully Scott Wetzel, as we always do, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Left off with the Chargers and Jets as we move on to the uh, Broncos knocking off the Miami Dolphins at 20 to 13. Dolphins in the fall of 6 and 4. Uh, Broncos improved to 4 and 6. Two against benched. Uh, you can kill the music there, Chris. Uh, Tua gets benched in the game as uh, he went just 11 of 20 for 83 yards. There you go. Uh, you can fade it out. Don't just stop it. Uh, Tua gets benched for 83 yards, 11 of 20. Uh, another bad game for Tua. You know, Fitzpatrick comes in, leads him down the field, has a chance to tie the game, send it to overtime, and he's picked off in the end zone. You know, we, we saw just about everything as a Dolphin fan as you could get yesterday you saw you know some good at it you saw some bad at it but then you also uh, saw why Tua is in there playing because Fitzpatrick has his good moments you saw some good moments leading down the field and then you saw some Ryan Fitzpatrick which explains why he's Ryan Fitzpatrick and he's not Tom Brady as he throws a pick in the end zone fourth down 
Same thing like the Jets game, you know, fourth and six, fourth and seven, something like a manageable fourth down. And instead of getting a first down, he throws it 25 yards down the field, picked off, easy pickoff in the end zone, ball game over, and the Broncos win. So anybody thinking, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe in the long run this is good for the Dolphins in that, you know, if Tua, you know, gets benched as he was, and if Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in and leads them to a victory, then, you know, then people are yelling and screaming about Ryan should be back in there at quarterback, should have never been taken out, blah, 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 blah. Maybe a little division in that locker room. I, I, but instead, Fitzpatrick comes in, doesn't get the job done, and now it's right back to Tua against the Jets. You know, and it really, you couldn't have faced a better team in the New York Jets next week if you're a Dolphin fan because you should win, right? I mean, Jets are 0-10. So any thought, you know, if the Dolphins were facing a really good team, we'll say Buffalo, and then Tua struggles again, now it's like, wow, you know, what, what are we going to do the rest of the season? But they have a, a Jets team on deck, which, again, played good yesterday, well, uh, and, and played, you know, better two weeks ago against the Patriots, but they are winless. So if, if Tua can't have success against the Jets next week, then then maybe you do got to go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I don't know, but, you know, uh, Fitzpatrick failed to get the job done. You, you know, you saw why he is Ryan Fitzpatrick. They should have won the football game. You know, you, you can't screw around with the Denver Broncos. They're one of those teams that if, if you give them a little bit of life, then they're going to come to play. You know, they got some decent wins, believe it or not, on their schedule. They did win in New England, uh, but then they also got blown out a couple of times. So, you know, it's almost like that first quarter is going to show you what kind of Bronco team you have. And, and the Broncos showed in the first quarter that they were going to come to play. Dolphins were held to 82 yards offense in the first half. Tua was sacked six times, um, you know, but again, ultimately Miami had a chance to, to at least tie the game. I won't say win it, but at least tie the game. And uh, they, they didn't, uh, they didn't win and they couldn't get it done. And uh, despite Melvin bumbling again, tied now with Zeke Elliott for most fumbles. He's got four, did score a touchdown. Uh, but the Dolphins failed to get anything really done on offense, uh, so they lose. Dallas goes into Minnesota, knocks off uh, the Vikes 31-28. They improved to 3-7, and seven, so they, like uh, the Redskins and the Giants, now half a game back in Philadelphia in the NFC East. Uh, Vikes fall to 4-6. and six. Boy, just when you thought Minnesota was back on track and they were doing something here to get themselves back into the playoff picture, they lose at home to Dallas. Well, that's a that's a, if you're a Viking fan, you know, this team has a uh, you know screwed around with your emotions. You head into the season thinking you got a decent shot to do something special this year. You start off lousy, then you win a couple of ball games. You think you're back. You got a nice game at home against Dallas, uh, but Andy Dalton came back, and Andy Dalton showed why this team might be dangerous in the postseason. You know because he's I, I told you he's not a bad quarterback. You know, first game back when uh, when Dak went down, he didn't look good. Then he got hurt the second game. But, you know, he is a halfway decent quarterback. And he showed it yesterday. Actually ran the football for a bunch of yards as well. Up and down the field they went. Ultimately, bottom line, they take a three-point lead. Minnesota with the football, minute and a half left. Chance to do something, tie the game. And Kirk Cousins doesn't get it done. Vikings offense doesn't get it done. Uh, so they lose it, uh, you know, by, by three, 31 to 28 is the overhead is one of our better plays. Indianapolis knocked off Green Bay 34-31 to improve the 7-3. Packers fall to 7-3. Indy with a big showdown next Sunday versus Tennessee for first place in the AFC South. Uh, as they faced each other last week, they're going to do it again this week. Uh, you know, here's the bottom line to it all. Green Bay, 
led 28-14, dominated the first half. They fell apart in the second half, couldn't get anything going. They, they turned the football over on a, on a kickoff return after Indianapolis had scored. But they're still trailing by three, 31-28, after Indianapolis had offensive holding penalty after offensive holding. Four of them. Four of them. But giving Green Bay ultimately the football back with a minute and a half left, a chance to tie the game or perhaps win it, right? I mean, it was comical how bad that Colts offensive line was. Even Joe Buck and Aikman were like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, it was penalty holding after holding after holding, and they were showing the replays of it. And we all know you could call holding on every single play if you wanted to, but these were like legitimate grab-the-guy, tackle them at the point of attack. To the point where as I'm watching it, I'm saying to myself, just take a freaking knee. Just just take a knee. I, I know there's time left. I know Dallas or uh, Green Bay had some time out, so you would have had to kick a field goal and given the ball back to Green Bay. But you know what? <clears throat> I would have at least had a six-point lead at that point. Whereas these holding penalties, they were in field goal range, but the holding penalties, you know, did two things. It moved the football back 10 yards and it stopped the clock. So they were being penalized, and they weren't even running time off the clock. That's why I said if you just take a knee, you know, you're not gaining anything, but at least you're forcing the Packers to use their timeouts uh, or you're running time off the clock depending on what Green Bay would do. But they weren't even doing that. So instead, it was a holding penalty after holding penalty after holding penalty. I, I mean, it was funny. So bottom line, Green Bay gets the football. They march down the field. They need a, they need a field goal to tie. Uh, touchdown obviously wins it. And Green Bay's Aaron Rodgers made the colossal mistake, not once but twice. He he really it was an amateur mistake. It was a rookie mistake. I am surprised. You know, people are gonna point to the fumble in overtime as the reason why the Packers lost, but that's not the case. They lost because Aaron Rodgers screwed up in a two-minute drill. He's got the football, it's third down, they make a long completion right around midfield. They use up their last timeout. I agree with that. About a minute left, it would have taken forever for the entire team to run down the field. So fine, use your last timeout. Next drive, or next sequence of plays, first down, gain of 15 yards. Spikes the football right around the 35-yard line of Indianapolis. I said, that's a mistake. As I'm watching the game with my son and daughter, I said, you know what? There's no reason to spike the ball. Uh, you, you got over 50 seconds left. You got plenty of time. This is not a four-down territory in that on fourth down, you're going to be kicking a field goal here. So you can't be pissing away downs here. Next play, they get a first down. Uh, see, Dad, Dad, who cares if he spiked the football? Oh, okay. Yeah, think that way. They get the first down. 42 seconds left. He spikes the ball again. And I'm saying, again, Aaron Rodgers, what are you doing? There's 42 seconds left. That's an eternity. You're not running 50 yards down the field. Get to the line of scrimmage, call a play, snap the football with 30 seconds or so left, and now you still can run a play. You spike the football, you're pissing away and down in a sequence of plays in which you're kicking the field goal on fourth down. If you're not kicking the field goal, okay, not a big deal. I'll, I'll sacrifice one down because I know I got three more left. But when you're kicking a field goal on fourth down, you don't spike the football. Not with 42 seconds left. 42 seconds, that's an eternity. So what happens? Incompletion, incompletion. It's fourth down. They got a kick. And they tie the game. They go to overtime, and they lose it. If he doesn't spike the football, 
maybe he gains 10 more yards. Maybe they get another first down, or at least they have one more crack at the end zone, one more play to run. It's it's almost like Aaron Rodgers said, you know what, Colts, your defense sucks. You guys are so bad. I don't respect you. I only need two downs to get a first down or a touchdown. That's what I'm thinking. And instead, they have to kick the field goal. They get the football to start the second, the overtime, but the, the, the wide receiver fumbles the ball, sets the Colts up a great field position. They kick the field goal. They win the game. So they're going to blame the wide receiver, Scantling, for dropping the ball, fumbling the ball. I get that. But, but really, if you go back on it, that last drive, Aaron Rodgers screwed up twice. He got away with it one time by spiking the football. He didn't get away with the second time. A better quarterback, a more accomplished quarterback, a more everything. You know, you want to say all those things, right? We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has got to, with 42 seconds left, 22 maybe, you 42 seconds left, there is just no reason to spike the football, none. And after he did it the first time, I thought maybe Green Bay, you know, someone would have said to him at LaFleur, the head coach, hey, Aaron, don't, don't spike the ball. And what are you what are you doing here? Let let the clock run. One, we don't want to score anyway that quickly because we don't want to hand the ball back to the Colts with any time left. But two, we got plenty of time, plenty of time. So, Indy wins at thirty four thirty one. I can't believe they actually beat Tennessee and Green Bay back to back weeks. And then last night, as we talked in the first hour, Kansas City knocks off Oakland thirty five thirty one. Raiders score with a minute and change left to take the lead, but they leave too much time left on the clock. Mahomes leads the team right down the field, and they score uh, with about 30 seconds left, and then they pick off a last pass by Derek Carr. So they end up walking away as the victors last night, 35-31 as the game goes over. That's uh, that's your NFL. We got a pretty good one uh, later on tonight. i tell you more than anything else out of all the stuff, Burrow injury, Steelers going to uh, 10-0, Taysom Hill, you know, playing well. Uh, Dolphins, uh, you know, uh, benching two tags. And all the others, the Lions stinking, right? Taysom Hill, again, winning. List of quarterbacks, you know, that were winners yesterday were unbelievable. Uh, but more than anything, NFL's got some issues. They have got to do something uh, with, with uh, the situation that they have here. They have got to absolutely do something with this rough in the passer penalty. I, I mean, it's just... It's un, it's unbelievable. I mean, every single play, it's roughing the passer. And every single play, you watch the replay of it, and you feel bad for the defensive lineman. You say, How, what are you supposed to do? I mean, some of these quarterbacks are just getting hit as they're releasing the football, and they're either hitting the quarterback too low, <clears throat> they're either hitting the quarterback too high, they're either hitting the quarterback too late. I, I mean, some of the penalties on the roughing the passer that I saw yesterday. And I'm telling you, we saw one, we saw about 15 yesterday. Now, that's what happens when you flip channels and you watch all these games, but it is just like over and over and over. <clears throat> and you just don't know what a penalty is. I mean, it's you literally cannot breathe on a quarterback. It's amazing. Quarterback scrambles around. God forbid you should touch him as he's falling to the ground. You know, late hit. <clears throat> You know, if he's in the pocket, you can't hit him below the waist. If he's uh, in the pocket, you can't hit him above the shoulders. You can't hit him after he releases the football. I, I, I mean, it is so hard. You could call, you know, you know what's turning into? It's turning into an offensive holding penalty. It really is. Whereas you could call an offensive holding penalty on every single play if you wanted to. 
you could call a late hit on the quarterback on every single pass attempt. Every single time the quarterback gets hit, if they wanted to, they could call a penalty. I could show you 15,000 examples of one play in which a penalty was called and the very same play in another game or another point of the game, the penalty was not. I, I, I don't know. Watching as much football as I do, I have no idea what a roughly the penalty is. It's so I think it's a bad beat to close up South Dex and the winners for tonight. Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for... SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. on this Monday morning. Wrap it up shop with some stories that we didn't have time to delve into. College football. Washington is trying to schedule a game against BYU for Saturday after having its game against Washington State canceled. However, BYU is kind of balking. They want to see when the first college football rankings come out, seeing if they need the game or not. How weak is that? Take the game or don't take the game. Don't wait until the rankings to come out. BYU and Cincinnati. We'll get into this tomorrow. Listen, they're not getting into the college football playoff. They're just not. Uh, Celtics agree at a five-year max deal with Jason Tatum. Uh, Raptors center Serge Ibaka agrees to a deal with the Clippers. Raptors center Marcus Gasol agrees to a deal with the Lakers. So the Raptors are losing centers like uh, Carter has pills. Tom Allen praised his Indiana football team after losing to Ohio State. Hey, coach, I hate to break it to you, brother. While that was inspiring to see, you play to win the game. You don't get praised for losing the game. I don't care how well you think that you may have played. How about Frank Gore Sr. scoring a touchdown for the Jets yesterday after Frank Gore Jr. scored a touchdown for Southern Miss on Saturday? Clemson head coach Dabo Swinney ripped into Florida State. Uh, last night after Florida State canceled its football game last second because of the coronavirus against Clemson over the weekend. Reports that Drew Brees actually has 11 cracked ribs. How about that? Boy, oh boy. Uh, let's get a winner, shall we, uh, for tonight's football game. Tampa Bay lane four, four and a half against the Rams. Over under 48 and a half. You know what? I'm going to grab the Rams. Uh, I'll, I'll take the four and a half. This figures to be a close football game. You know, Tampa Bay embarrassed last time they were on national TV. I expect a monster effort out of them. I expect a good effort out of Tampa Bay. I, I don't do this very often, but I'm going to take the team I think is probably going to lose, but I think it's going to be a field goal game, so give me the Rams plus the four. Hey, great job by everyone. I'll get to the phone calls tomorrow for sure. We had a few people online, but they're running down the NFL schedule. Just didn't have time to get to the calls, but I promise we will definitely tomorrow. Have yourselves a great Monday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow right here at Vegas and Bad Beat. Be safe.